Podcasting from Singapore and broadcasting all around the world. You're listening to the Ignite EdTech Podcast with Craig Kemp, created by an educator for educators and streaming to the world. Now, over to your host, Craig Kemp. Hello and welcome to episode 98 of the Ignite EdTech Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Kemp, and I'm honored to have you join us. This is the last podcast before we, like you, take a much-needed break. We'll be back with the podcast in August, so stay tuned on our social channels. As most of you know, I continue to work with the incredibly talented Mark Quinn to improve the final audio quality of this podcast. He has his own podcast production studio that provides editing and mastering services to content creators. To connect with Mark, please see the details in the podcast notes below. As we're approaching our 100th episode when we come back in August, we're seeking your audio feedback so we can play it back in our 100th episode to celebrate this milestone. We'd love to hear from you by following the link in the description below to submit a 20 to 30 second message about what this podcast means to you and what you've learned from engaging here over the past years. Please check out the link and record a short message to appear on our show, speakpipe.com slash igniteedtech. I appreciate your engagement and support. Last week, I asked you about your biggest career milestones and what's made you the most proud. Thank you for your thoughts and ideas. This week, I wanted to ask you about your plans for your own learning over the coming weeks, if and when you get some time out. I'd love to hear from you. Please share with us via our Ignite EdTech social streams. A tool that has positively impacted the authentic and purposeful use of technology into classrooms and meeting rooms that I have worked in is Headspace. Headspace is a meditation and sleep app for iOS and Android devices. Teachers take an introduction course, which begins with a short three-minute meditation. They can then choose a male or female voice. The narrator then asks the listener to pay attention to their own body cues and breath. Scrolling down the page highlights the skills used, e.g. focus, visualization, etc., and also several other similar meditations from the app's library, which can be searched by topic. Some meditations let teachers choose the length of time to listen, whether it's 5, 10, or 15 minutes, and show a visual tracker as the time counts down. There's also the option to fast forward or rewind by dragging a finger in a circular motion over the tracker. Meditations labeled under age 5 offer between 1, 3, and 5 minute meditations. Teachers can download the meditations as well if they'd like to save them on their devices. Headspace is likely best for students in third grade and up. While the free educator version includes some of the meditations from the subscriptions for kids five and under, the content and concepts may be a bit too high in that level for students who've never experienced meditation before. Additionally, some kids may not be used to the calm and quiet of a body scan visualization and may need some pre-teaching of the language or process to truly benefit from the app's meditation, especially if they're aged under eight. Headspace offers free access to K-12 teachers and supporting staff in the US, UK, Canada, and Australia. If you live in different regions, reach out to their team on social media or via their website. I've heard some great success stories for other regions. Whether you're feeling inspired to connect more with your students or you're looking for a new way to bring calm to your classroom, Headspace can help students build healthy habits that last a lifetime. Better focus, less stress, and happier thoughts are just a few minutes away. I highly recommend that you take a look at the link in the description below, headspace.com slash educators. 
Last week, we talked about STEM and STEAM. If you're interested in learning more, go back and listen to last week's episode. This week, I wanted to talk briefly about the need for rest and relaxation away from technology. As an edtech guru who loves the authentic and purposeful integration of technology into classrooms and schools globally, I spend a lot of time on tech, with tech, and talking about tech. Technology plays a huge role in our lives now, and this will never change. Just take a look at your device usage statistics and see how much you use technology professionally and personally. I know for me, since COVID hit, it's changed the way I do business and how my daily grind is very different. A few changes that I've had to take after the move to being online is time out, away from screens, and of course, getting exercise. The future of our work and learning lies online, and we know how successful this can be, but we have to spend time outside of this to disconnect and rebuild ourselves so we stay fit and healthy, both physically and mentally. By taking time out with my family and doing exercise daily, I break this cycle. I schedule into my calendar time every day for this, whether it's to pick up and drop off my kids from school, after school swimming times, or just a walk during the day. I make a point of putting this in my calendar, otherwise life just takes over. Over the break, if you get one, take time out, away from devices, and don't feel guilty. Look after yourself and your own well-being. I'd love to hear from you to learn more about how you look after yourself and de-stress away from technology please reach out with your ideas and thoughts. Every week, I bring you a short interview with some of my edu heroes, an engaging learning experience with someone who makes a difference in education every day, with a particular focus or angle towards educational technology. This week, I had the pleasure of chatting with Steve Sostak. Let's have a listen to the chat. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Steve Sostak, who you may know as at InspireCitizen1 on Twitter with over 8,000 followers working with schools all over the world. Steve is a longtime connection and inspiration of mine. He's the co-founder and director of Inspire Citizens. Steve and his team inspire educators, students, and leaders all over the world to transform their practice. They believe learners can and will shape a better future through transformative experiences that develop compassion, connection, understanding, sustainability, and action. Their work in this space is inspirational. Steve, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. Are you ready to talk about education and technology integration? Of course, Craig. Thanks so much, man. Every time I, you know, just to hear an interview like that, you get me blushing here. I know we're on a podcast, but... Thank you so much. I mean, I, and back at you, I have so much respect for the work that you're doing. And uh, with EduSpark, with the way you bring people together and to, to bring me into this conversation and into your ecosystem as well, I just want to share my gratitude out of the gate. And uh, yeah, let's do this. I'm excited to be here. I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. Let's start by maybe talking about your current role and what inspires you to do what you do, because you've had some significant changes in the past few weeks. Yeah, it's been, and it's, you know, apologies to your listeners if I'm a little cloudy with the jet lag. I've, I've actually just left Beijing. I was in Beijing for eight years, uh, working as a middle school teacher with uh, my co-founder, Aaron Moniz, for, uh, for many years at the International School of Beijing, before we then started Inspire Citizens, which has been running now for about five years as, you know, our endeavor into the education space where we're like, you know, supporting teachers, whole schools, and, you know, students 
to do the things that you mentioned, you know, build compassion, build connection, build understanding and build action into sort of the everyday thinking and uh, doing and being of, of what schools can and should be, you know, to shape that future you talked about. And now I, I've just recently flown and uh, moved over to The Hague here in Holland. Yeah, it's exciting. So we're going to you know, have this opportunity now to sort of have a branch of Inspire Citizens and also looking at potentially doing more in the space of, of mindfulness and, and happiness and well-being through the, you know, the work that we do in global citizenship. Yeah, just kind of have a spot where we have a hub here in Europe. Uh, I'll be in I'll be in The Hague and, you know, we're already doing a lot of work in Zurich and Frankfurt and so on. So it's just a really cool opportunity to change things up. Just, uh, you know, get a new context and see what we can do to continue to make the world a better place. I love it, man. Totally inspiring. Just listening to you talk about this stuff. It's really, really exciting. And you've got so much experience all over the world, Steve, and, and your work with Inspire Citizens is overwhelming for me because I see the amount of amazing stuff you do. Tell us about your expat lifestyle as an educator. What advice would you give to any of our listeners who are considering going out and trying this expat teaching thing? Yeah, I think the first thing you got to do is, and we do this even in a lot of the work with Inspire Citizens, is, is just taking the time to you know, you want to take that leap into having, you know, the sense of adventure and the sense of curiosity and, and, you know, a desire to understand the world and seek the perspectives of, of different cultures, different people, diverse, diverse thinking and, uh, you know, and, and connecting with different geographies and nature, et cetera. So I think there's, it starts there. And I think, you know, once you get into that space, you know, working in a space that's compassionate and, and open and, and listening, like, I think one of the things we have to be careful of when we go overseas as teachers is making sure that, you know, we're there to be reciprocal learners, right? And, you know, Inspire Citizens, we do a lot of work in quote unquote service learning and question a lot of times, how do we, how do we reframe our experiences in expat teaching? So that we're actually, you know, in partnership with these and learning from these these awesome new local communities where we go and we work and we engage with not only our international students, but those local communities and cultures that, you know, we now are becoming a part of. I think the biggest thing when you go overseas is to, you know, and again, I'm going to keep coming back to these words, is to go with a sense of compassion, be willing to connect with the local communities and the places that you're going you're gonna to be going to and working in. Seek understanding, right? Go in as an active listener, go in as a, as an active observer and, you know, be, be, be excited to new learn, learn new things and then work with local communities. And also obviously with the school that you're working with to like make the most of that experience. Right. And I think in today's world, you know, we need that sense of, um, you know, deeper understanding. So I think teaching and international school education, you know, or, or international school educators, you can be a conduit for that type of thinking, that type of being, that type of work that again, makes the world a more understanding and compassionate place. So I think if your heart is there and if your head is in a space that you want to see the world in a, in a different way, go for it and just be open-minded. Too often people overthink this decision as well to jump out there and give it a go. There's so much support in many of these schools and communities. You know, you're not alone. And, you know, it's the best thing that we ever did 10 years ago now being in Singapore. And uh, we absolutely love it to this day, not just the culture and the people, but the ability to travel and connect and engage and do good. So yeah, I can't agree with you more. And you touched on some of the stuff that you're doing with Inspire Citizens. But what if a listener here today, you know, you're coming into one of their schools, what would they expect to do with you in a school? Tell us 
us a little bit about this work and, and what people could or should expect from doing some of this stuff with you? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I think, you know, you got to, we're going to put on a couple different hats, right? And I think when you mentioned and introduced the work that we do as being quite diverse and all encompassing, you know, that's really true. And I think we've kind of come into this, Aaron and I, as teachers first to see that, you know, again, all of the things inside a school or in a community that a school is connected to is is interdependent and it's connected and we have to sort of treat it in a way that we're, you know, we're building an ecosystem that's going to be working, you know, together for, in our mission is what we call engaged global citizenship, right? So we're actually learning how to be global citizens with the idea that we're going to do something and that we're going to then really internalize that, you know, we're going to change on the inside so that we can make, you know, the world a better place on the outside. And so if you imagine, you know, we kind of do that through a few lenses with administrators and with whole school communities, we, you know, we look at it through the lens of things like what we call futures thinking. And we move and we help schools move sort of from an egocentric to an ecocentric mindset, right? In a culture also that's more vulnerable. Like if we're going to evolve as a school, we got to be vulnerable with each other. We have to be willing to have some tough conversations, put ourselves into a sense maybe of discomfort in the way that we are reimagining what we're doing but also to find joy in that, to find excitement. You know, the world is impermanent, right? We learn from that. We're always changing and, and impermanence breeds possibility, right? So we always come in and we say, look, what is possible here? What do we want to be, you know, as a culture in, our, in these schools? So that's kind of that administrative whole school level. And then with educators, you know, we have our master's endorsement. We're actually calling that now a global citizenship certificate. That takes educators sort of through whole toolkit, the Inspire Citizens toolkit, the stories, the resources, the thinking, and moving that into a space where um, they can take it and apply it into their own classroom context, whether that's for their teams, interdisciplinary unit planning, personal projects for kids, and so on. And then lastly, you know, we look, and, and also, Craig, we call that often empathy to impact, right? That's getting teachers, schools, and students into sort of that heart, head, hand space. What do you care about? How do we become more aware? What do we need to be able to do with our sort of school skills and dispositions to have a community impact? And then the last piece is a lot of student-facing stuff. So we do student leadership and changemaker programs. We run what's called Ecomedia, which is uh, basically a bunch of, of channels. Uh, and this comes back to the ed tech pieces of podcasting and, and photography and, and debating and sound engineering and so on, where we're using technology for good and we're taking it through a lens of deep ecology. And again, that idea of ego to ego, we're moving into more of a community system as opposed to just media for ourselves. Yeah, it's super exciting to hear the diverse range of things that you do, Steve. And I've seen a lot of it, obviously, in the work that you're putting out there on EduSpark. What would people expect to see when they jump into EduSpark, click through some of your courses, uh, and want to engage in there? Yeah, so the first courses that we've put up on EduSpark are actually in that space of futures thinking for education. So uh, one of my mentors, Greg Curtis, and I had an opportunity to work together before he left Beijing, and we put together some videos that really look at things like the future of technology uh, the future of globalization and sustainability, the future of work and economics. And we, we did some research together and put together some, some pretty compelling short videos of just looking at, you know, what are the insights and the foresights that we can sort of take from that research? And then always asking ourselves, well, what does this mean then for teaching and learning? What does this mean for our, our learners in particular? 
in terms of how we can help them to shape the future they want and also, quote unquote, preparing them for this sort of VUCA world, right? Volatile, uncertain, you know, complex, ambiguous, and understanding as educators that this is the reality. So we have to move then and help help our educators that we work with to go into a space where we're, you know, teaching them how to help students learn how to learn. You know, as opposed, Greg always used to say, we don't want, we don't want to be pizza delivery folks, right? So, you know, we have to look at the future. We have to look at the landscape of the way the world is and the way the world is going, looking at trends and so on to help continue to inform us on the things that we want to be learning. And I always would say learning with our kids, right? How do we leverage the strengths of what the kids are bringing to the classroom, especially in the space of technology and media to then learn alongside them. And as the teacher, then we get to play the role more of the facilitator, you know, and, um, and in some ways the designer of the experiences so that then the kids can have more agency. Yeah. And I think that that agency piece is critical. And I love that a lot of the words that you keep using keep coming up because they're obviously so ingrained in the work that you're doing as well. And the work that you do is so big. You do do a lot. Let's jump into some quick fire questions, Steve. The first thing that comes to your head and maybe a brief why, what's your favorite EdTech book or resource? You know, I like to just really use my phone. Like I, you know, in our eco media space, something that we've been doing a lot is, you know, with our kids is one is photography and just teaching some basics of photography through our smartphones. Another one that we, so that's in our eco photography program. We also do a program called acoustic ecology, where we get kids just to use their voice threads and record sounds of their, their environments, whether it's, you know, urban sounds or whether it's, um, you know, sounds of nature to bring in more mindfulness and to sort of uh, enhance other sensory experiences that maybe we haven't always practiced. Um, I also do a lot of interviewing work with our kids. So again, showing them, <clears throat> excuse me, that the phone is a great tool to capture stories, right? Storytelling can be done. It doesn't always have to be with the most high tech, you know, headphones and microphones. While that's helpful, same with the camera, while those things are helpful, it really comes down in the end to that. I think the, how you ask a good question, how do you listen you know, how do you frame a story? How do you post-produce? How do you, you know, utilize some of these other tools, these editing tools and techniques to learn your craft on a foundational level so that then you can take that into some higher tech stuff, you know, when you're ready. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just a big fan of my, I've got an iPhone SE and that's my go-to, man. I use it for almost everything I do. Not a bad little tool to be using either. What about uh, a one daily habit or practice, Steve, that helps you enjoy, progress, and succeed in your career? You know, I've also been recently, and this comes back to my my colleague and friend, Ivy Yan. She's gotten me really into um, spending time with uh, Plum Village. I don't know if you know the Plum Village uh, podcast. podcast is called The Way Out is In. And um, there's also a, a wonderful app that has some guided meditations it's, it's actually Plum Village. Uh, you can research Thich Nhat Hanh's work and in engaged Buddhism. So something for me that's recently uh, helped me a lot by engaging in that space is kind of asking myself in the work that I do and the work that we do with students is, are we being mindful, right? And I think learning more about, you know, what mindfulness really means. And also, again, mindfulness that goes into a space of taking action. Right. So mindful action. And it comes again back to that idea of engaged, in this case, engaged Buddhism. That Now what we've been looking at is what does that mean for engaged global citizenship? 
So I spend, you know, a few minutes every day in, in that, the, either the podcast or the website or that app, just kind of reflecting on, you know, engaged meditations and engaged mindfulness, and then just sort of bring that into the work that we're doing. You know, hopefully again, so that the outcome of this idea of global citizenship is that as activists, we don't burn out, right? As activists, we're happy. As activists, we build community. And as activists, you know, then we can make a difference and change the world, right? So I think it comes back a lot to that sense of balance. So highly recommend everybody that's listening to this to go to the Plum Village um, website and have a look. There's so many great resources there. And the podcast, The Way Out is In, absolutely fantastic. Thanks for sharing those. We'll make sure all those links are in the podcast notes as well. Steve, you've shared so much here today. Always inspirational when I get to connect with you, and I know the listeners are going to love it too. What's the best way for them to follow and connect with you? Yeah, I would say, like you mentioned at the beginning, uh, Twitter is a great way to get that initial connection going. So like you mentioned, at Inspire Citizen, no S, and the number one. Aaron is exactly the same, at Inspire Citizen 2. Um, Scott Jameson, who also is really big in the work that we do and the podcast I mentioned, uh, is at Scott J on wheels and just take a look at those, you know, you'll find us, we're all connected together through, through Twitter. I also do think it's a great opportunity. Our website, like you said, there's a lot there, right? So telling your audience or people that are listening, just, you know, take some time with it back, back to the mindfulness, look at it, get mindful with the website, take a few deep dives. And then just, if you have any questions, ideas, or, you know, ways that you want to co-create and collaborate, just email me at steve at inspirecitizens.org. Awesome. And we'll make sure that all of these links are in there for people to click through and do all of that. Steve, thank you so much for your time today. Inspirational as always. Craig, thanks so much, man, too. And I'm, I'm so looking forward to the work that we're going to continue to do in the future. And to all the listeners out there, have a safe and happy summer. Get some downtime. You deserve it. And uh, let's have a great 2022-23. This was the last episode before our break. Enjoy your time with family and friends if you get a break. Stay safe. If you want to go back and listen to other episodes over the break, you can find everything you need by subscribing and downloading these episodes all for free. Thank you for your time and energy and for inspiring me to continue to share. You are all incredible and it's an honor to keep this going. Please, if you get the chance, go to speakpipe.com slash igniteedtech to leave a short voice message that we can play when we come back in August for our 100th episode. It would really mean a lot to me. Have a fantastic break, stay safe, and I'll see you again in August. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow us and share the podcast with your PLN and colleagues. Please remember to spend a few minutes to rate this podcast too on your podcast channel of choice so we can reach even more educators and edtech enthusiasts globally. Remember, you have the chance to win as well. Check out the links in the description for more, and I'll see you again next week. If you liked today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode and be in the drawing to win prizes every week. If you know others that would enjoy the show, please hit that share button and brighten their day. Join us again next week for your weekly EdTech hit with at Mr. Kemp NZ. We'll see you again soon.